Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, let's get started with a little tech gumbo today. I'm ready. We'll start off with Microsoft has confirmed that they were hacked by the same group that it had intact NVIDIA and Samsung. But this wasn't really a good thing to admit to. My guess is that they didn't really have the choice in admitting to it. It was kind of admitted for them whenever this group lapses with a dollar sign on the end. This group lapses started uh, announcing some of the things that they had found whenever they breached into Microsoft. Yes, they started posting source code to Microsoft's search engine Bing and the digital assistant Cortana. In a nine gigabyte torrent, they were posting almost 90% of the source code. And that's not a good thing to have your source code hanging out in the wind. That's a very bad thing for a lot of different reasons. The first one is that's your secret sauce. This is, these are your flagship products. Cortana and Bing are two of Microsoft's proudest things that they are hanging out there and this is their their big competitor and the fact that now google can sit out there the fact that now apple can sit out there and start going through all of this line by line and saying oh that's how they solved this or oh they did that here write that down take take notes on this and you know you can start to put together if you have 90 percent of it you can put together a decent portion of that last 10 percent and so this is a lot of their trade secrets that are all of a sudden hanging out there in the wind, as you said. And oh, by the way, there's the problem of how did they get there? When you consider that the good guys, as you mentioned, the Apples, the Googles, the Facebooks that are looking at all of these things, when you consider what the bad guys can do when they're seeing this source code and they're building, they're wanting to build ways into Windows because now they have the source code for Cortana, which is 
such an integral part of Windows and being the search engine that's such a big part of Windows, this is a really bad thing. And yes, what executive did they hack into that had this kind of credentials that gave them access to the source code? That's the point is that they didn't just punch in. This this was not they hacked through firewalls. This is very likely that someone gave usernames and passwords and multi-factor authentications in order for them to get in. This was social engineering that allowed them to open this door. This was not they have broken the Microsoft encryption. And that's worse on a lot of different levels because if if you can crack the Microsoft encryption, you've cracked every encryption and all encryption is just gone. So we're not in that universe. This is very much just one person very high up in a Microsoft had all of their their passwords and their usernames and everything hanging in the wind. And that's is not great because this is the person who had access to your flagship code. The other big problem with this is the person leading the hack is a 16 year old kid and a few other teenagers who live just outside of London, England that did this hack. That's the wildest part is the city police of London arrested seven teenagers in regards to this. Teenagers, these kids have not been doing this long enough to be the experts at it. They have to finish their geometry homework first, and then they go and start hacking. This is ridiculous that you are one of the premier tech corporations in the world. You are pride yourself on your Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center, and some teenagers found their way to your source code? What are you doing? Your source code, you, you might as well put the Windows kernel on the same file, and I'm surprised it wasn't. It's, it is literally just a giant window into Fort Knox that if you know the security guard said, hey, look, I, I left it open, the, the door is, is swinging right now. Anybody who wants to just walk in and start pulling gold bricks out, be my guest. Because I'll be this back, is I'll that. be back in a few minutes. Y'all, y'all, y'all be good. You, I promise you won't take anything while you're looking around. And this, it looks like they just paid somebody that this corp, this group hacking group lapses, that they have a telegram channel wherever they actively recruit people from any corporation. Hey, give us your, give us your uh, username, give us your password, give us your, your two factor let us into your company and start sharing secrets to the world. And if it's that easy, that's a really big problem because my guess is this company is not writing fat checks to do this. These hackers, this, the 16 year old kid had amassed a $14 million fortune. So maybe there is enough money, but you have to think that there has to be more layers of security. There has to be some protection you can't just have a direct pipeline from your your deepest most valuable secrets to the world you're the number one two or three technology firm in the world you're microsoft good god what are you thinking people and and to 
this is just beyond words. It's just hard to hard to understand this in any kind of way. Right. Sometimes whenever we talk about so and so had their website taken down, that's not really a big deal. That's like, you know, pulling down a banner off off a, a flagpole. Okay. This is you are so deep inside of the vault here. And the the scary part is is my guess that Google and Facebook and Amazon and all the rest of them aren't more secure. They're just lucky that none of their important people have given them up yet. So undoubtedly, this story is not over. This is going to continue to devolve. As it continues to devolve, we will let you know what's going on with it. Yeah, it's it's not great, and we will continue to talk about it. Next story we wanted to talk about was an update from pitch that was on Shark Tank. This this pitch was for Bueller, which I love Shark Tank. I don't remember seeing this particular episode, but this guy created a a process that allows you to log into a a, a Zoom meeting or an online meeting without really being there. I saw this article and I just loved it. One, love the name Bueller, excellent reference to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And you can see where the inspiration came from, that it's a service which you tell it when your Zoom call is, and it goes and it watches the Zoom call for you, it records the Zoom call, and it takes takes notes of it. And so, boom, you get, here's everything that was said, here's the video of it, and you could be out driving through a parade in central Chicago because you didn't have to be on that, you know, 150 person Zoom call. Another way to look at this is in, a, in movie references, this is the Hermione Granger time twister where, OK, you can be in two places at one time now. You can be watching the Zoom or you can be on on the, on that float in Chicago singing the songs with the, the polka band. And I love the creativity. I think it's fascinating. I do. So ultimately, the guy's product was not accepted. I get why, because ultimately you are racing to have Zoom buy you out, because otherwise Zoom could just implement this themselves or anybody could come behind you and copy it. There's really not a whole lot that guarantees you're the only one to do this. Or Zoom could just change their process to not let you do this anymore. So that's that's why Shark Tank didn't bite on it. But I think as we continue to be in this world of Zoom calls and large Zoom calls and large Zoom meetings, wherever you know, you're not presenting, you're not talking, you're just one of those tiny little boxes out of 140, this makes a lot of sense. That's it really it doesn't need to be the like the current way that it is and millions of people are using this app so people are using it that's fascinating good on them yeah i i really hope that this guy from tulane makes his money hope he hope he cashes out and becomes a becomes wealthy because it's a great idea and he's definitely feeling a need here we definitely filled out a resume oh yes moving from from zoom staying online our friends at Netflix know that you're probably sharing your account with other people. Right. This is a story that is going to be controversial. Netflix is testing a 
$3 surcharge for account sharing. Now, the good news is right now it's not in America. They are testing it in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. But you have to wonder if, as long as it doesn't become too toxic, does Netflix decide to bring this to the U.S.? So my guess is they're sitting there saying, okay, Netflix used to be $9, then it was $13, and now it's somewhere around $18. And they're not really overly concerned about it to too very much of a degree because the CEO even came out and said that we would never do something that would turn the screws on our on our customers except that we don't we don't like all of this all of this sharing some sharing's fine you know if you got college kids and they're off in the dorm that's fine but we don't want you sharing the whole third floor of the dorm with with your Netflix account that's what's really interesting to me that never Netflix would never release this publicly, but where do they draw their internal line? What are they comfortable with? What are they not comfortable with? And is it simpler for them to just say instead of instead of adding a three dollar surcharge for account sharing, what if they just bumped up the price by a dollar fifty? And so you you come out about the same, but people are just inclined to say all right whatever it's going up that's what i expect but if they say oh you're charging me money to share oh this is an outrage and so how much of that price hike that we've seen over the past couple years has been netflix already accounting for that account sharing they just haven't told you that's what it's there for this is the first time that we've seen them directly gesture towards that and I wonder if in the future they say, all right, that's that's too toxic. We just won't call it that. We'll just call it a, a generic inflation adjustment or something like that. When you log into your Netflix account and you see you've got my profile, my wife's profile, kids' profiles, do you sit there and say, well, one kid's in college in New York, one kid's at college in Ruston. Are they really, really college kids or... Are they grown-ups living in different parts of the country and dad's just still sharing that that profile? Dad's still paying for the kids thing. And that's that's the question that I'd be really curious. What is Netflix okay with? What, where do they draw the line that it's like, okay, whenever we first got the Netflix account, we were all were still living under one roof uh, a decade ago or more than that, 15 years ago? Or when we first got the Netflix account, we were getting the disc in the mail because that's how long we've been on Netflix. And then so, okay, then it moved to a streaming platform and we were all still in the house. And then I went off to college and now I'm off you know, in New York. Well, because I started under the same plan, is it cool? You know, or what what do they say is That's too much sharing. What do they say is, all right, we're fine with that. And that would be fascinating. You know, they obviously know that you don't live in this house in Baton Rouge anymore. They obviously know every time you log on where you're logging in from. And so your profile shows up in a separate state. So they know, okay, and probably based upon what you're trying to watch, you're probably in this age group even. They know who you are. And it's fascinating 
yeah, at what point do they finally say, okay, that's enough. There's a, if you're in New York City and you're in one of those high rise apartments in Manhattan and the whole 85th floor has, is sharing, that's probably too much. But if it's just the four of us, is they're probably okay with that. But if, you know, if all of a sudden, if you all said, hey, buddies, here, you gave the, the username and password to all your friends, and now 25 people show up tomorrow with the, the same username and password, not that that would ever happen, then does Netflix call and say, hey, did you get hacked? Right. I think that's wherever you get uh, your account frozen for a little bit, maybe, where they say, oh, we've noticed some suspicious activity. We want to just make sure that everything's okay. And that's that's the nudge that they give you. That's this is too much. Yes. That's that's would be really interesting to see what their thoughts are. It's yes. you need to change your password immediately. I I really I, I'm curious. The, and what is what is the future of this? Does Hulu roll out something like this? Does Disney roll out something like this? Because account sharing is an inherent part of streaming platforms and streaming services. What is the future? Are these long-term sustainable? Are these long-term viable? And as as each one of them become more and more expensive, you're going to see more and more sharing. And so, yeah, where where is where does it cross over that that acceptable usage level? Because it's it that point is coming. Not just as they become more expensive, as they become more numerous. Back whenever there was just Netflix. It was, all right, I can spend 10 to $15 whenever everything is there. But now that they're all balkanizing and you have seven of them, well, that's not the same anymore. So no. that also is really fueling this sharing. And I'm sure it's also fueling this desire to only pay for one. And then you trade with this person and that person trades with that person. And then you have this whole network of sharing. Everybody cut the cord to, to save money, and then all of a sudden, all the streaming source services are more expensive than if you had stayed on cable, and that's what we're faced with. Do not love it. So if you do love Google Chrome, they, they're about to release version 100, and that can be a problem. The reason that it's going to be a potentially be a problem is that to this point in time, they've stored everything as a two-digit code. Google version 12, Google version 20, Google version 70. But whenever you tick over from that 99 into 100 and you added that third digit, sometimes weird things happen. Can you say Y2K all over again? Now, I have to believe for my own mental health more than anything else that Google has planned for this. That this article this week was not the first time someone went, uh-oh, did you guys know this is coming? I really, in my heart of hearts, think that this has been in the pipeline for a while now and that it will all roll out smoothly, but you just don't know for certain. Okay, so the optimist in me hopes you're right. The realist in me says... Oh, yeah, it was brought up in committee 10 years ago and it was written down and somebody said, we'll get back to it. And now all of a sudden, oh, damn, did we forget to do that? And this is going to bite them in the butt and it's not going to be pretty. 
I I really do not know. We'll see. That's the good news is that we'll have our answer soon enough. You know, the the suspense will be released and come back to Tech Gumbo. We will, we will tell you what happened if if it broke or if the gears kept turning. Google 100 is coming in early April. So tune in. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.